welcome to episode 79 of the Sustainability Report podcast, your guide to sustainable leadership, innovation and strategy in the sports industry. I'm Matthew Campany, and this week I'll be delving into the International Olympic Committee's recently produced How to Be a Sustainable Champion guide, alongside Julie Duffus, the IOC's Senior Sustainability Manager. We'll focus on the key topics within the guide, which encourages athletes to buy less, reduce their travel footprint, become a friend to nature, and speak up for the environment. Julie also explains why the guide was produced, how athletes can use it, and also tells the story of some of the sportswomen and men who contributed to the guide. We also discuss how athlete empowerment fits in with IOC's overall sustainability objectives. Enjoy the show. Uh, my name is Julie Duffus. I work at the International Olymp- Olympic Committee, and here I work mainly with what we call the Olympic Movement. So this is the International Sport Federations, the National Olympic Committee, and also the athletes which sit within the Sustainability Ambassador Programme. So a lot of what I do is about supporting these organisations in their their endeavours in sustainability. So you recently produced the How to Be a Sustainable Champion Guide, Julie. Why why was this a good time to produce a guide like this? And um, can you tell us a little bit about what the the guide's aiming to do? Yeah, I'm quite excited about this guide because normally the work that we do is specifically on sport organisations. So how does the sport organisation become more sustainable and implement sustainability in their journey? But this guide is a little bit different because it's really aimed at people. So what you and I can do, Matthew, and what your audience can do in their own day-to-day lives to be more sustainable and I think if you're looking at sustainability as a whole, every single one of us has a really important role to play in protecting our planet and protecting the sports that we love for the future. So this guide is really a a, a lot of hints and tips for those who want to do more, but maybe are not too sure how to do more. And it's really those hints and tips to to make them more sustainable in their day-to-day lives and when they're at home or when they're traveling to their local sports club or when they're traveling, you know, to see their favorite teams, um, whether it's an athlete as well, traveling. So it's all about the people side of it. So I think you're right. I think a lot of people would like to, obviously everyone would like to live a more sustainable life, but there's always kind of a little bit of a barrier around, you know, we don't really know quite what to do, or this might be a little bit more inconvenient than our our usual lives. How how does this guy try and demystify that? Are there any kind of particular areas that you're focusing on in this, Julie? It's really about, you know, people in, in their everyday life situations. So it's, it's a very simple measurable and accessible tips that everyone can do so it's about maybe starting to ask questions or you know maybe thinking to do I really need to buy this or how can I protect the local nature that I'm in and how can I travel more sustainably so it's just it's broken up into different sections and you know you can do all of this if you're willing but also you can also pick and choose little areas where you would like to make a start and that's what this guide is all about so obviously within this guide athletes well-known athletes are actually kind of telling the story a little bit about how you can make these changes they would actually they're actually talking about things they've done in their own lives to help us incorporate that into our lives um before we talk about some of the kind of the stories within the guide you know why are the athlete stories why are they why are they more compelling for for, for people to kind of but why is it so compelling for athletes to do it? And why is that going to give us more motivation to change our own lives, do you think? 
Well, I mean, athletes are at the very heart and core of what we do at the IOC. So we've we've experienced a definite shift, I think, in people, including athletes. They themselves also want to lead a more sustainable life. And part of what we do is supporting our athletes, of course. So I've noticed I've noticed this shift and a lot of athletes are coming to us asking how they can be more sustainable in their day-to-day lives um, through their sport, but also, you know, at their homes and, and when they're traveling. So this guide, it does include a lot of our athletes and it's about them sharing their own experience and how they're tackling the challenges because a lot of them are seeing, of course, the impacts of things like climate change, pollution in their sports. So they want to play a part in this and they they want to be a sustainable champion. I mean, that's really interesting. Let's let's talk a little bit about about that then. So athletes are obviously seeing, you know, kind of impacts on their their field of play. It's getting hotter. The air is getting worse. It's becoming more difficult for them to to, to compete. Um, You know, what what kind of stories have you heard from some some of the athletes, Julie? What, What, you know, how are they kind of, how are they kind of articulating these kind of environmental challenges and how, and how is it affecting their sports? Well, I think the obvious one is a lot of those athletes who not only compete, but also train in the outdoor environments. And you've touched on some of them. So we're seeing maybe the water-based athletes. So, for example, um, our sustainability ambassador, Hannah Mills, she was seeing more and more pieces of waste and trash within the oceans that they were that she was competing in but also training in and they were getting caught up in her boat for example and this can actually be very dangerous but also difficult to witness actually Um, but it's not just about that we're also seeing more athletes talking about waste and and less snow for example in the mountain environments um and air air quality as well. I mean, air quality, if we look at air pollution, evidence is showing that it kills up 7, seven million people a year. I mean, that is a huge amount. And of course, mm. there are so many athletes in the world, they are also being impacted by this. But also the heat and extreme weather conditions, you know, a lot of um, sports events are having to move. Um, times they're having to deal with severe weather patterns like extreme rainfall and this is impacting athletes as well as us um, in the organization of these events you say more and more athletes are coming to you julie to talk about these concerns and obviously we're seeing widespread environmental concerns you know the heat the air quality the pollution but do you feel that there's a general kind of mainstream link now between climate change and what's happening with sports in, in, in the minds of athletes anyway or is there still a little bit um, more to be understood, you think, with the, with the athlete community in general? I think it's a bit a bit of a mixture of both, to be honest. Um, definitely, there are a lot of athletes who are, as we discussed, who are being impacted by this. But I think there is still a lot of, and it doesn't just apply to athletes, I think it, it applies to people in general who perhaps are not witnessing climate change, for example, on a day-to-day basis and are less connected to it. And I think that comes down to organizations like us and every one of us to actually speak up and, and show that actually our planet is in trouble and we all we all need to take action. So let's dig into some of the, uh, you talked about some of the, the practical steps that athletes and any one of us can, can, can take, uh, but that will be within the, the Sustainable Champion Guide. 
So maybe, um, I mean, the one that really jumps out at me is um, being a friend to nature. I mean, I love that phrase, how we can be a friend to nature. Um, are there any kind of athletes who represent this part of the guide really well? And, and what are they doing to be friendly to nature? I think nature's, um, I also love that title, and nature is something that has really come to the forefront, I think. People are a lot more connected to it from the lockdowns that we've experienced. So people have just needed to go outside and they've sort of witnessed how much nature can really support them and their health. So whether we're talking about mental well-being, um, reducing stress and anxiety, and it's even been shown to boost our immune system. And this is something really that athletes have been part of for a very long time. And there are many athletes. So there's one actually, he's one of our IOC um, Young Leader alumni. And he's just such, he has such a, a passionate connection to nature. But then at the same time, he, he also sees that we're buying too much stuff. So he's a bit of a connection between a lot of these um, actions within this guide, because what he's done is that he has collected waste from the natural environment that he, he sits in. Um, and, and, and he's in Mauritius. And he has seen how so much the island actually depends on nature. So he's cleaning up the nature that he sits in and he's then reusing this to make sport equipment in his communities. And he's not the only one. So we also have Martin Helseth, who's from Norway, and he's an Olympic rower. And what he does in any country that he rows in, but especially those that are local to him in Norway, every time he rows, he takes time out of his schedule to then free dive into the water environment he's in to pick up waste. And I mean, for any of you who have not seen the social media of Martin Helseth, you should really go and look at it because it is amazing what he picks up in these lakes and, and rivers and sea. I mean, it's, it's quite amazing. So, you know, these are two athletes who have gone out of their way to actually try and be a friend to nature. Before we move on, Julie, the uh, the, uh, the young the young leader from Mauritius, can you can you give his full name to the audience so they can they can look him up to find out about more, more what he's doing? His name is Valerie de Falbert, and he's an IOC young leader alumni. Fantastic, brilliant. So yeah, audience, if you're listening, look look, look up Valerie as well as well as Martin's work as well. So I mean, that was really interesting that you you mentioned those are two really interesting, inspiring stories bringing sport together with protecting nature, making it a very intrinsic thing. But you said that these guys, they're going out of their way to be a friend to nature. And I think many athletes don't really want to get out of their way to do anything really, because they want to be focusing on their sport. They want to be thinking about competing, winning. How can they take a similar path to Valerie and Martin, you know, without it kind of encumbering their training and, and, and then being an athlete? Is, is, is it possible to do the two together? Absolutely. I mean, there are simple things that you can do and it doesn't have to even be involved around your sports there if you have a garden there is so much you can do even if you have a balcony for example there's so much that you can do to bring nature nature to you basically um for example last year during lockdown i built a garden pond and i can't believe <laughs> how much nature has come into my garden because of this simple 
garden pond. Um, yeah, so there's a lot. And I know that's one of our other ambassadors, Hannah Mills, she she has a garden at home and she started to grow her own vegetables, for example. But it's not just, you know, about what you can do at home. It's also thinking about what you buy. So a lot of the chemicals that we buy, for example, end up in the environment. So it's about looking for products that are nature friendly um, and also looking really carefully at the ingredients to look at products that are linked to deforestation. So these are things that you everyone can do because we all go out and buy things so it's just being a little bit more conscious of what we're doing and does it have an impact on nature and a lot of these athletes will also be training and a lot of us as well go out you know for a walk in the nature and it's just about being respectful of the nature you know not not straying off the paths not harassing any of the wildlife. It's all just little things in our life which will make a big, big difference to wildlife. I know a lot of athletes are kind of working with like a, a wider entourage of people who kind of support them through their training and, and through their every, everyday decisions. Is, is this guide a little bit for them as well to help educate the, the people around the athletes as well to help them make these, these decisions? Absolutely. I mean, as I said at the beginning, this guide is really for everybody. So anybody who wants to do more in their day-to-day life but also anybody who would like to you know team up with someone else or educate someone else this guide will help them in doing that it's it's meant to be a very accessible guide and and is good for even schools to use and local clubs to use to just give some hints and tips and support to those who want to do more i think there is also there are lots of practical stuff in there you talked about the fact that people can you know make smart decisions when they're buying things they can do things with their own homes balconies gardens etc um it doesn't have to be there don't have to be any high barriers to doing things within the guide a really interesting aspect of it is that the speak up aspect you know using a voice for the environment using a voice for nature and we probably agree that that's probably the area that athletes can have a most most impact in but probably the area where athletes generally might find it a little bit more difficult to engage because there's perhaps a little fear about speaking up a fear of being labeled a hypocrite or fear of um of uh you know not quite understanding the science behind it and being kind of pulled up on it when they're speaking to media for example um how how does this guide help them with that aspect of of being a friend to nature well i think you're right and that's a, a lot of people not just athletes but including athletes are afraid to speak up And they're also afraid to ask questions. But I always say to these people that we should never, ever underestimate the power that our own voices have, especially our athletes. And even by the simple act of asking a question at their local sports club or, or to anyone, or even in your local supermarket, holds a really huge amount of power. So I think we need to try as society to to not be afraid of being criticised. I think more and more I have seen people who are trying to do something, but at the same time are conscious that they themselves have an impact and they have more and more support in doing so. So I think it's really about having the tools such as this guide to start making changes and then to shout about those changes and just start asking questions as well to others. 
And it's amazing, I think, if we all come together, and that's what sport is great at, at coming together, what a difference that we can all make. You know, it's really interesting when you talk about asking questions, because I've spoken to many of these athlete advocates, um, climate advocates, and the one thing that links a lot of them, if not all of them, is, is a curiosity. It's a curiosity to find out if there's a better way of doing things, a curiosity to find out what, you know, what what their impact is, negative and also positive impact. Um I mean, is there a way that we could stimulate this curiosity more? So we've, we've got the practical side of things. We've got the guide, which they can, which can help them, you know, make some really smart decisions. But how can we kind of stimulate curiosity more around nature and the environment and climate change to you within, within everyone, really, but, but many within athletes? I think it's, it's quite a few things, actually. It's about, as I said before, asking questions and sharing, sharing with each other on, on any platform that you have or, your, or the athlete has to just start discussing the issues that we're facing and people come together a lot of communities for example come together to solve issues so I know that there's another one of our athletes Milton Kasapi from Papua New Guinea he brought the community together and they planted 100 mangroves and you know these are, are just stories that show that coming together we can really make a big difference I, I love that. I love that story, Milton's story. I interviewed Milton a, a few months ago, and he, he, he was a really inspiring guy because he was also very curious, but also just, just he, the first thing he said to me was, "I just put my hand up one day and said, I want to do something. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do it. I'm not massively into the science yet, although he, he, he has become, I think, he's doing a, a degree or a master's degree in, in marine biology and, and environmental science. But at the very beginning, it was very small steps, you know, putting my hand up, seeing what I could do, and then kind of big things happen from there, really. So that's a, I think that's a really good example, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It is literally about just putting your hand up and asking the question, you know, when you go to your local club, ask, is there any way that we can embed nature more into our local club? And, and is there an opportunity in your local local supermarket saying where does this product come from for example i mean there are so many ways by just holding up your hands that we can really come together obviously we talked about the athlete themselves we talked about how the people around them their entourage can help them a little bit but obviously a lot of them will be engaged with uh, international federations their own national olympic committees obviously as the ioc you're helping them are providing tools like this but how can you know federations clubs leagues um, how can they use this guide and how could they kind of empower the athletes a little bit more as well i think for for both federations and national olympic committees they have a huge voice within their sport or in their country so they already are doing a lot with their communities so it's it's about again asking the questions or push taking tips from this guide and pushing it through the local clubs and offering support, um, maybe coming up with some interesting webinars that people can listen to, sharing this with some of the schools. Um, so I was speaking yesterday, actually, to World Athletics. And when they saw this guide, they immediately passed it to their national federation in Kenya because they knew that this was a, a federation that does a lot within the communities in Kenya. And, and actually this became very useful. So it's about picking the parts which are relevant to you and your sport and just trying to embed them and not being scared to speak up 
we're all here. So us at the IAC are here if any of them have questions and can help at all. And it's it's really about harnessing the power of sport within within your own nation and within your own communities to make that connection between sports and nature and sports and climate change and, and just really trying to embed sustainability in and through sport. So effectively, the, the guide is, I, I suppose, a foundational or a kind of starting point that you know other organisations can take it up and they can look at different bits of it and maybe expand a little bit. So, for example, if uh, a federation wants to look at the speak up aspect or be a travel champion, they can almost kind of zoom in on that and maybe even create their own, I, I guess, mini guide, I think. Is, is that how you'd like it to be used for it to, to evolve, you know, with various organisations using it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this this guide is is formed as a base. And in a perfect scenario, everybody would do exactly as you said. They would pick it up. They would make it relevant for them and their sport and their, and their nation. And it's a small step which can grow into many more steps. Finally, Julie, you kind of touched on it right at the very beginning, how athletes are kind of um, core to the IOC sustainability ambitions, you know, more broadly. Guides like this are very important. You've got your Athlete Ambassador Programme as well. Is there anything that we can kind of look out for in the future that you're going to be doing around athletes that kind of dovetails with your other work, like, you know, your climate positive um, ambition, the things you're doing around the games, you know, how, how are athletes kind of tying some of those things together and how, what can we expect in the future? Well, you can definitely expect more sustainability ambassadors. So I'm working very closely, closely with the athlete team in the IOC. And because we've got this growing number of athletes who really want to do more in this area, we are coming together and putting together a program of training for these athletes, but also speaking to these athletes about what would empower them to do more. So do they want to speak at conferences? Do they want to learn how to be more effective in their social media platforms? Is there something more that they want to do and they need our support in actioning it? So this is definitely, I think, something which is growing and something which the IOC takes takes very seriously and we want to support our athletes. For athletes who would like to get involved in the uh, ambassador programme, you know, what's your call to action to them, Julie? If there's any kind of athletes listening to the podcast now or any federations who are obviously working with athletes, um, you know, what's your call to action for them to, to, to really get involved and, and be part of this next evolution and stage of your, your athlete engagement around sustainability? My call to action would be just take one step at a time. If it, if it all seems a bit overwhelming, everything in this guide, just pick one step and start implementing it. If you want more support in that, then please reach out to us. We are we are here to support all our athletes and international federations and national Olympic committees. So we will respond to that. But I, I think really it's about being brave to speak up and just start by taking actions. And then again, we talked about the very kind of low base of like putting the hand up and getting involved. But I think we're also seeing athletes who are quite mature in this who are actually going on to work for, you know, committees, commissions within their own federations. Some are even transitioning out of uh, sport into sustainability roles once they've retired from sport. Um, I suppose my final question is, how, how do you kind of see that kind of dynamic happening? Is, you know, athletes seem to be quite, quite well suited to a position within sustainability, I guess, because of their 
their their you know teamwork, the way that they they kind of conduct themselves on on the field. What's your impression, Judy? Do you, do you feel that athletes could, you know, getting into 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 a more into a more um, I guess formal formal sustainability roles in sport or otherwise? I think definitely, and we've seen some examples like Hannah Mills, who who I spoke about earlier. She's she's now doing a huge amount in sustainability outside of sport. And she really is an athlete that has that connection to nature and has a platform and is transitioning to be an amazing advocate for sustainability. There's also another example, Lydia Lassila from Australia, who she was our previous Australian Athletes Commission chair. And she's done a huge amount on advocacy and she now has her own company, actually. And she really delves oh, really? deep. Yeah, really delves quite deep into product lifestyles and climate change and, and the life cycle of products. So I, I think there's a lot of examples out there and we for sure will support all of our athletes to make that transition if, if they want to go into sustainability. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really interesting, the fact that, it, that sustainability opens up opportunities for athletes. I mean, I think I, I interviewed Hannah a little while ago, and she was talking about the fact that it was really um, engaging for potential sponsors as well to, to get involved with them. But, you know, an athlete that's got a genuine focus on sustainability is a really attractive prospect for, you know, sustainable brands who want to get involved. So I suppose that's also could be a key way for for for, for they could get athletes a little bit more involved, I guess, as well on a practical basis. Yes, absolutely. And not just with athletes, actually also sport organizations. So yeah. we've seen we've seen sport organizations who have become very attractive to sponsors and partners because of their sustainability programs. Julie, um, for people who want to uh, people listening who want to find a guide, read through it, share it, um, where where can they go to find it? They can go to olympic.org and if you find our sustainability page, you will find a whole wealth of guides, actually, not just this one, under sustainability essentials and also in your platform, Matthew. A big, big thank you to Julie for talking us through the guide, which hopefully can reduce a few barriers for athletes to become true sustainability champions. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to be notified about future editions. And don't forget to let the people in your network know about the number one place for sustainable leadership, innovation and strategy in the sport industry. Stay well and goodbye for now.